As a high school educator, teaching agricultural science, sustainable food systems, environmental science, and yoga, Carly Chapel earned her BA in environmental studies from Eckert College. It was during those years she became interested in school gardens, food science, anthropology, ecology, and environmental ethics. Carly served a one-year term of service with Food Corps before becoming a teacher formally, and as a teacher, she's particularly interested in using food, gardens, and movement as spaces for students to deepen their knowledge and capacities to care for the earth, for each other, and for themselves. Carly says her studies at Prescott College have encouraged her to broaden the scope of agricultural science education to include themes of food justice, agroecology, and systems thinking, all of which, she tells me, have inspired her capstone project. So I think that one of my biggest values as a high school educator right now is really helping students find their personal and collective power. And I started my career in a position, which was Food Corps, um, in which my whole job was helping young people access more fruits and vegetables and more plant-based foods in lots of different ways. And I think that act of gardening in a way that's organic and diverse and culturally appropriate is in itself an act of more environmental and social justice. So that experience laid um, some groundwork for my ag educator. Hi, Carly. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well today. Thanks, great, Lisa. How are great. you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. And, and welcome to the podcast. And thank you for being willing to share about your capstone. I'm really excited to talk with you about your project because it resonates with me on so many levels. But before we take that swan dive, um, we have someone else who's joining us. So I want to welcome and introduce your capstone advisor, Dr. Kimberly Greeson. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Lisa. Some of you will remember that in our last episode, I talked about the geographical diversity of faculty who teach and advise in the Master of Science and Sustainable Food Systems program at Prescott. One clear advantage of this as an online program is that our students also come from all over the world. So as we all work together, lifting up place-based knowledge and experience, we can inform the coursework and expand on best practices and the published literature in ways that honor diversity and diverse ways of knowing. And the way I see it, this ends up creating a pretty dynamic network of sustainable food systems practitioners around the globe who are connected to each other and in, in that way impacting change efforts on a macro level while also being grounded in place and, and making a difference in the food systems dynamics where they live. So that's a very long preface to Dr. Greeson's intro, but it's just to illustrate my point. Kimberly joins us today from Hawaii. I'm doing the program today from Latvia in the EU and Carly's in New Jersey. So we've got a bit of a time spread, a time zone spread here, but we're making it work. <laughs> but um, so back to, to Kimberly, Dr. Greeson uses she, they pronouns and is core faculty for the Sustainable Education Doctoral Program at Prescott College. 
She also teaches and advises in the MSFS program and for the MA in Interdisciplinary Studies. Kimberly is an interdisciplinary educator and scholar, which, as you'll see, made her a great fit as Carly's capstone advisor. And in her own work, Kimberly focuses on the politics of conversation and environmental issues concerning relationships between humans and nature, environmental and food justice movements, and qualitative research. In Hawaii, she is also a curriculum specialist and researcher for a nonprofit that works for the cultural and ecological preservation and regeneration of Mount Hualalai, which at its highest elevations is considered to be sacred geography for native Hawaiians. Kimberly is committed to mindfully and ethically bridging scientific ecological knowledge with traditional ecological knowledge in ways that are meaningful for sustainability. So thank you again, Carly and Kimberly, for joining me today on The Capstone. So Carly, let's begin at the beginning. What's the title of your capstone? The title of my capstone is Opportunities for Sustainability and Justice in Agricultural Science Education, a Literature Review. Okay. From, from what I understand, the capstone has three parts. The Literature Review a checklist that teachers or those who are writing curricula can use to evaluate what they're producing and also a sample of how that checklist can be applied. So let's start with the lit review. Can you talk about how you define the parameters of your search and what that research process was like? Sure. So I started by just looking for um, research and programs around what I envision and hope that agricultural education can look like. So I was looking into um, eco-justice education, multicultural education, um, sustainability within the sciences, and just trying to take a look at what other people are doing in the world and how agricultural science can use those as um, inspirational programs. Um, and then since I focus on agricultural science, I brought it back to the history of agricultural science education uh, and then also what ag ed looks like currently today and how that compares to the current um, issues in the world and the current national education standards. And then I started to look for opportunities for where um, agricultural education can improve in ways that bring about more sustainability and more justice. So when you were doing this, did you find anything that was especially relevant or maybe even something that you didn't expect? Yes. So there were some strong words in the research um, about the inherently political nature of educational activities. And this is really interesting to me because we're typically instructed to avoid politics in public education. Um, but as I read, uh, there was a pretty clear message that the very act of avoiding the political side of agriculture is a political statement in itself. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really encouraging to learn more about why interdisciplinarity is essential for a well-rounded agricultural education. Um, and there was also some literature in how the traditional view of science as something that is typically non-emotional and objective um, can actually be uh, limiting. 
So I felt really encouraged by that to keep reaching into um, more interdisciplinarity and the and what and how multicultural education can um, link up with agricultural education. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very progressive. It's it's interesting that you found those sources. That it's just kind of an indication of how things are changing. <laughs> well, I. Um, I'm looking at some of what you've written about the project, Carly, and, and you say your motivation for, for creating this project came from the desire to address deep environmental and social injustices by finding a way to help students in agricultural science recognize power hierarchies and, and how this kind of dynamic influences agriculture, food, and natural resources. So you seem to have gotten some support for that in the Lit Review. Tell us more about that. Sure. So I think that one of my biggest values as a high school educator right now is really helping students find their personal and collective power. And I started my career in a position, which was Food Corps, um, in which my whole job was helping young people access more fruits and vegetables and more plant-based foods in lots of different ways. And I think that active gardening in a way that's organic and diverse and culturally appropriate is in itself an act of more environmental and social justice. So that experience laid um, some groundwork for my career as an ag ag educator. Um, And now I'm more in the classroom in the agricultural sciences. And I, since then I've developed some critiques of the curriculum that I use. So this project helped put some scientific literature behind a feeling that I've had for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping it will help move some conversations forward in the world of agricultural science education so that more of our ag ed students um, develop their leadership in the direction of justice, whether that's through something like a schoolyard garden or any of the other multitude of careers that they may pursue. So Kimberly, um, I want to ask you, I know both you and I are interdisciplinary scholars and educators, and um, I'm very impressed and encouraged when students understand how valuable it is to be inclusive of multiple perspectives in their work. But I, I want to ask you about what Carly's really diving into here, and that's food justice. And um, since you also teach the food justice course in the MSFS program, Um, I'd like for you to help us contextualize why capstone projects like Carly's are important. Carly's interest in bringing a critical food systems or a food justice lens forward in this capstone is really work in the service of, you know, educators as a way to help them to identify equity issues and systemic injustice. Is that fair? (laughs) Yeah, um, I think that's a great assessment, Lisa. Um, What I think is really important about Carly's work is that it highlights the limited yet more recent literature on sustainable food systems education. What does that look like? And what are the ways that food system educators ought to approach courses and programs that really intentionally center an equity lens? Mm -hmm. 
um, more and more educators are being called to be anti-racist and not just performatively, right? Right. Um, what does it actually look like in the classrooms? Because a culturally sustaining or multicultural education really has the potential to help all students succeed. And students really want to see this from teachers and professors. I hear this more and more. Um, they want teachers that are cognizant of equity issues. Um, they want them to address systemic injustices in their field and also to understand that education um, in, in certain in many fields, like Carly said, is not apolitical. In the food justice course, for example, um, to give you a specific, specific example, students are not only exploring these aspects and the foundational concepts of food justice, but they're also introduced to um, a culturally sustaining and multicultural approach to teaching food justice that I think is really valuable, especially having many educators in the course. So not only students um, are learning food justice-centered content, but the actual curriculum is designed with equity as its focus. Carly's capstone really encompasses both of these aspects for agri agricultural science educators, and then offers these educators a tangible way to examine their curricula. Mm -hmm. And since I focus on adult learning, I really enjoy hearing about K through 12 educators and how they take these things into their own classrooms. I also think Carly has examined and developed in her capstone, something that is very empower empowering for educators. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really love those points. Um, and I think what she's developed here is amazing. And I want to get back to um, Carly, what uh, the specific here, what teachers or administrators who find themselves in a position to write curricula, what they, what they would find in this resource. Um, tell us about the checklist or the assessment and about the example you provided um, so folks can, can see how to use that. The checklist that I made is started as a piece inspired by some work by James Banks, who writes a lot about multicultural education, and also some of the PhD research that's happening at Prescott College, actually. Um, I wanted to make something that teachers could actually use. Um, as a teacher myself, when I go into professional development or I'm trying to improve myself. I really like finding things that are practical that have some of the work already done for me. Um, so it has its roots in multicultural education theory, but I added some questions centered around um, environmental and social justice within the world of agriculture. So uh, each question centers around one unit of study. Well, the whole checklist centers around one unit of study and a teacher or someone who's writing curricula or uh, reassessing it can go through question by question with one unit of study in mind at a time. And they'll read a question and then there are there's a column of three choices. So it uh, might be uh, not at all or sometimes or very strongly. Um, and so you could use this as a reflection point and just go through the checklist with your unit and that will give you some um, points where you can really reflect on how uh, centered your 
unit is around justice and sustainability. Um, or you can add on to that. And so if, if someone finds themselves in the revision process, then they could use the checklist, make the revisions, and then you could use the checklist again to see um, how much you've improved and you can get a measure of improvement that way as well. Yeah, the, the reflection piece is just so important. And it's, it's really, um, it's wonderful that you've kind of formalized that as part of what you're presenting here. And I, I really think that's valuable. So I wanted to ask you, Kimberly, I know, you know, you've written fabulous courses at Prescott College and that you also prioritize many of the same issues Carly's bringing forward. And so it brought up for me questions about the relationships between effective pedagogy and a quality curriculum. And I wondered what you thought about that. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Um, I, I think it's important to think about effective pedagogy for whom and mm -hmm. what does that look like? As educators and academics, it's also vital to recognize that educational systems and the academy are, are deeply Western and colonial spaces and do not always value multiple ways of knowing or lived experiences of students who have been um, systemically marginalized. So, by really taking this into account, educators are open then to the possibilities of a responsive humanizing pedagogy that value plurality of voices, perspectives, learning styles, and in ways of knowing. So this is really what I strive to do when writing and revising each year courses um, that I teach at Prescott College. I think about okay, who are the students reading and how can I intentionally center queer and BIPOC scholars as well as activists? Because um, you know, food justice is very activist and grassroots. So I, I want to bring those voices in. I think about how I can introduce students to various perspectives such as decolonization on a topic that might be counter hegemonic and and then to spark critical dialogue. Carly's agricultural science specific checklist really attempts um, to address all of these aspects. And this is really important since this discipline and, and many others are pretty homogeneous and may or may not include justice and sustainability. Um, so I think Carly's work is so timely and valuable. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and Carly, you know, this is such a, an important project for, for many of those reasons that Kimberly just addressed um, and more. But I'm, I'm curious what your aspirational goals are for this project. So I think it would be great to get this paper, my literature review and the other components um, published so that it's uh, perhaps easier to circulate the research around the ag ed community. Mm -hmm. um, I really just want it to be useful for educators and for curriculum developers. It would be wonderful also for some of the curriculum companies that write for the agricultural science world um, to take some time to use this tool and do some deep reflection and how they're developing their tools and what their impact is. Um, yeah, on wouldn't that be great? 
Yeah. <laughs> so um, the the checklist and then also the example that I used, I would I would love to um, hand to the the company that has provided the curriculum that I use in several of my classes and show them what's what's possible and give them a, a starting point for for really um, making some important changes in what they already have. Um, and then really, I hope that this type of research leads to more meaningful conversations within the teaching community and with my students um, that are, in the end, more helpful than harmful. Well, thank you so much for all you've put into this project, Carly, and um, for joining me today to talk about it. And Kimberly, it's always a pleasure to hear your thoughts and ideas. And I wanna thank you also for making time to be here today. I wanna ask both of you just uh, for fun to sum up how this capstone makes you feel in one word, or you can offer up a little meme if you want. So Kimberly, got any thoughts? Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Um, I, I think joy. And I want to quote Adrienne Marie Brown. Um, she says, or they say, to really transform society, we will need to make justice one of the most pleasurable experiences we can have. And it really was um, a lot of fun to work with and learn with Carly on this project. Thank you. That's wonderful. So Carly, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, my word for this project is resolute. And I think that's because it's helped me feel um, more confident and purposeful in what I do. And um, I'm just really excited to continue learning as a educator um, and as a student of what sustainable food systems look like and to share that with my co-teachers and with my students. Well, thank you both. Those are great. And I guess I've got to quote Yoda on this one just by saying, always hope there is. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I'll be busy putting together season four for you in the coming weeks. So until then, I want to thank all of you out there in podcast land for listening to The Capstone. If you've missed any episodes of season three, you can find them and seasons one and two all at www.thecapstone.info. You've been listening to The Capstone, a podcast produced by the Sustainable Food Systems Program at Prescott College. This is a podcast series that celebrates the potential for a more just and resilient food system by showcasing the research and fresh new perspectives presented by graduate students in the program. As a culmination of their graduate work, students in the master's degree program complete a capstone project, an opportunity to impact the food systems in their communities and bioregions and around the world, drawing on the coursework and the expertise of faculty members. The podcast is offered as an insider's view to some of the most pressing issues involving food systems today, and it's expressed through interviews, stories, and lived experiences. In addition to hearing from the graduate students, we explore the significance of their work in the context of creating food systems change with community leaders and faculty members that serve as student advisors. The Master of Science in Sustainable Food Systems at Prescott College is an online degree program offering three areas of concentration, food justice, 
sustainable diets and biodiversity, and food entrepreneurship. Prescott College also offers a dual degree, combining the Master of Business Administration in Sustainable Leadership and the Master of Science in Sustainable Food Systems. For more information, see www.prescott.edu. I'm Lisa Trochia. Thanks again for joining us on The Capstone. Our audio production work is done by Christopher Ridgway.